0: Big pit dreaming about a premiership car. We love our clubs, but they never win. Two flags in one hundred years. <laughs> Charlie, the Bulldogs have got two flags now.
1: That was two years ago, mate. Get over it.
0: If you think we'll be insightful, clever or just won't well be searched. We're
1: here to say that's not the case. We'll just go out and wing it. We are Two Guys,
0: One Cup. It is Thursday, September the 6th. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup an AFL Podcast. My name is Will Anderson. <laughs> and my name is Charlie Clawson. And, Will, uh, I'd like to issue a correction and an apology. Um, last week's show, when we went For through everything the, uh... <laughs> that we've said during the show. In the entire existence of the show, we were wrong about ninety-five percent of the information we've given you guys. We apologise.
1: That and specifically when uh, naming um, the All Australian team, not of twenty eighteen but of twenty sixteen, I speculated that David Gwizdinski was lining up on the halfback flank. Found out after the show went out that he retired in twenty twelve.
0: Yeah, but he had a good twenty sixteen. Like you know, he was he was flying off the track. He just, you know, they needed a role player, and David Wojinski was the guy. David Wojinski of course, famously from Hayfield, where I'm from, well, the nearest kind of town to me, played football at the uh, Hayfield Football Club, did David wajinski as did I, uh, and he went on to play, of course, in the uh, the AFL, and his old man, Charlie Wojinski is um, my dad's, you know, best mate from down that Part of the world, and uh, Diane Wojcinski, who is his older sister, was in uh, primary school with me and was one of my great friends at primary school. So it was just good to have a big shout out to the Wojinski family in general. <laughs> yeah,
1: I may get it wrong, but Will can get, fill you in with a lot of superfluous information about his career that you do not need.
0: Well, I'll give you, I'll give you a little bit of superfluous information about David Wojcinski's career that okay. you don't need to know. Perfect. Uh, All right, we're, we're on brand. Let's do it. <laughs> what was his nickname, David Wojcinski? Wojo. No, good. Good guess though, but it's it's it, it's a great AFL nickname, David Wojcicki's. Uh, I mean, is it one of those kind of ones where if you're a redhead, they call you
1: Bluey? Is it like Smithy or something like that, Jonesy, some kind of Anglo name?
0: Put it this way, Charlie. This one I love so much because it's a play on his last name, but the play on his last name, his last name isn't even the same as the person they're making the play on the last oh, name. It okay. just sounds vaguely the same
1: okay uh like so it's like a Schwarzenegger, but it's not it's um Lewinski.
0: uh lewinsky oh that would have been better yeah yeah <laughs> no. Blowjob. you know blow blowjob you blowjo Wojo yeah you know Wojo, dry cleaning we call him dry cleaning uh <laughs> I mean, in retrospect,
1: you think that maybe uh, he was a victim in, in certain circumstances, and really shouldn't have been made fun of. People have really been attacking
0: the people making fun of the name. But anyway, okay, someone's just watching Annette. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, absolutely, I agree with you. But uh, no, not uh, Lewinsky. That would have actually been a better one because it sounds more like Wujinsky than the parody that they went with down at the Cat Land. Go. Cool. So, what was the what was the parody? He's okay. So his nickname is Bomber. Yeah, uh, David Bomber Wujinsky. And because of uh, the Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski. Kiz- <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Lewinsky, Kaczynski. I mean, they're really like they're, they're really in the same field. I can't sort of look down on, on that when I came up with Lewinsky. I mean, basically, we just came up with Inskis. Like, <laughs> okay, are there any other Inskis? Kaczynski, Lewinsky. Patinsky? Katinsky? who's Katinsky? I
0: don't know. Like a detective from like you know some sort of nineties, early two thousands, gritty American TV show. I'll get you next time, Katinsky. Now, some sort um, of you know uh, tie wearing but short sleeve loving uh, detective.
1: With a with a with a strange psychological uh, affectation that makes him quirky but lovable. Yeah, exactly. Ah, Kaczynski (laughs) Uh, now, we wanted to keep this episode short because we're recording Thursday morning. We wanted to get this to you guys uh, in time for the first bounce tonight. So maybe, Will, we should just take a look at all the finals games and we can wrap up with some, uh, uh, some, so- some whispers from the West and other parts of Australia and some sock talk. What do you reckon?
0: Sounds very good, uh, Charlie. So we're going to do half an hour. It's good we spent the first five minutes talking about David Widjinski. <laughs> so, <laughs> tonight... Uh, the Hawks at the MCG, uh, the Hawks bouncing back from that uh, drought of finals they had in 2017, um, playing against Richmond for the first time ever in a final. Yeah, it's exciting. Now, you've,
1: does, is there part of you that is like, Richmond could lose this? Like, is it part of you that thinks Hawthorne could go all the way? Because there's part of me that thinks it.
0: Hawthorne have got Sicily back. Um, we talked to, uh, Poppy on the radio this week and I asked him about Cyril. I said, you know, is there any chance that'll happen? Cause as we first, I'm going to say, Charlie, uh, predicted or speculated or hypothesized. uh, No, what? <laughs> hypothesized. Yeah. Hypothanasia. You know, when we, <laughs> hypothetically put you to sleep. Uh, yeah, so we speculated that it would be great if on grand final day, you know, uh, you know Cyril is uh, doing his retired champion's lap in the car and then suddenly uh, pulls off the jacket, pulls off the tie, reveals his Hawthorne uh, playing top.
1: No, no. I think what we said, Will, is that during the game, there is a glass cage above the MCG <laughs> with Cyril prowling around in a boxing dressing gown, just waiting for the call-up, just because we wanted to build some anticipation that he could be activated I, at any time.
0: I mean, I like okay, your idea, Charlie, but mine's got a bit more razzle-dazzle. We did say both of those things. We started with yeah. one and we ended up at the other. I understand. Yeah. It was a brainstorming meeting, but it turns out yeah. that Alistair Clarkson, uh, yeah, Clark o. Lang is a big listener to the podcast because he himself sent a text message to Cyril to see if he wanted to uh, come and play finals as we predicted. Uh, it, everyone around Hawthorne keeps being asked about it they all keep saying that Cyril's never been in better nick. He's lost 5 kilos apparently. You know, he's he's running and hunting and you know living his life. Apparently he's very happy up there. But you know where else they're happy, Charlie? Hawthorne. It's in their song. It's been in front of our faces the whole time. Yeah. Yes. Richmond are at the moment a happy team. But Hawthorne's a brand is we're a happy team at Hawthorne. And so yeah. it would be very easily easy for Cyril, who is so happy up north at the moment, to just come and slide back into that happy team and make us all happy. So what if how would it work? Like if a player retires, do they become
1: deregistered or can you retire and then come back? with a minimum of fuss. Like, just say it was a legitimate thing. Fraser Gehrig, for instance, retired at the end of 2017, then over the summer break changed his mind and decided he wanted to come back. And I think he was able to come back. But that was a break. Could you do it mid-season? Can you have someone... Has anyone ever retired and come back in the same
0: season? Well, I would suggest, Charlie, that his contracts for the whole year. So regardless of whether he retires mid-season, he would still be contracted and registered as a player. Like Hawthorne would still have to include his payments for the rest of the year and all those sort of things under their salary cap. So sure. he technically, there would be no problem with him going back into the workplace and doing some work. You know what? Uh, he's just a consultant. He's like a yeah. guy who used to work at the company and now he's just come back to consult. But it also sets up
1: like a precedent of like uh, uh, playing ducks and drakes, if you will. will. Like you can sort of have a player that you know isn't actually retired. It's like the WWE when they have a retirement match, you know, where the loser of this has to retire, like where you can say, yeah, yeah, Cyril's retired. He's not going to play finals. And so you let, you let Dimmer prepare for a final without Cyril. And then, ah, no, no, we're joking. He wasn't really retired
0: this whole time. Yeah. Well, uh, as long as he's still on your list. In fact, I would love to see clubs do that. You know, like imagine if St. Kilda had said, okay, well, Nick Rewald is retired. But we're going to keep him on the list for a year. We want him to go and do his media commitments. We want him to go to Texas, you know, spend some time with his wife's family. But you know what? If we make the finals and, you know, Nick's still in good Nick, we have the right to bring him out of retirement as our finals consultant specialist. Well, maybe
1: to bring a bit of WWE to the, to the football What we should do is there is one match you play per year, which is a retirement match, where you nominate a player out of your team, where if you lose, that dude has to retire. But you can activate him again
0: if you make the finals. I mean, it's they talk in the AFL of, like, wouldn't it be more exciting at the end of the season if teams were playing for relegation? Now, we can't have that system because our second-tier competition isn't good enough and supported mm. enough that, like, you know, a team could immediately step up into the AFL and, you know, vice versa. But I love your idea of the retirement match. Yeah. But at the end of the <laughs> season, the bottom two teams play each other and whoever loses that game has to retire someone. <laughs>
1: No, I think don't do it at the end of the season. Like, make it. There's more to risk. Like, you've got to nominate pre-game. Although, I guess if you're the list uh, are manager, are you talking at,
0: some sort of retirement round? Yes. Like a or, ah, round. yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: That's even better. A retirement round. So every game that weekend results in one retirement from the game. <laughs> so if you're the list manager, it's actually okay because you're you're rubbing your hands together. You're like, we've well, got to move
0: on some dead wood. <laughs> yeah. Levi Casbolt, come in. <laughs> we've got to have a chat. Well, it certainly would be an incentive for the players in the lead-up to retirement round. It would be a good mid-season talking point. I mean, everyone talks about the mid-season draft, but we've gone the opposite direction. We're going to have a mid-season retirement round where it's compulsory for one of your players to be retired at the end of the game. It's like the opposite of getting the medal. Like, you don't want to be worst on ground during the retirement round. Because if you're worst on ground in retirement round, you're immediately retired from the game
1: but unless you make finals in which case you can be reinstated so i think what that does then is you can if you're an adventurous coach you can retire one of your guns and then like have teams expect that maybe like you know that player's not coming back or maybe you can retire two players so that way you can play more ducks and drakes so you retire like a zach dawson but also a matthew pavlich Oh, but then it's going to be obvious that you're going to bring Pav back. Although, if you're a really adventurous coach, you bring Zach Dawson back.
0: <laughs> if they retired Matthew Pavlich and they retired Zach Dawson, do you think that Zach Dawson would be deluded <laughs> enough to keep himself in shape in case he was needed again? He'd be like, no, no, they'll definitely call on me. All reliable Zach you know what
1: like Zach Dawson is the go-to like punching bag of any AFL g- joke but played like over ha- Michael can you look up Zach Dawson how many games I'm gonna say he played over 150 games he played in three grand finals like the dude had a pretty good career uh
0: by the way I think he played even more than that I reckon he might have played over 200 games really Zach Dawson he played I mean, for it- a very long time. And everyone remembers, like, the reason he
1: entered the public consciousness, kind of like the Shermanator from the American Pie movies, is that very first game where he was a young pup for Hawthorne and he had to line up on an Anthony Rocker. Like, gigantic, power forward Anthony Rocker and this little skinny kid. He played 166 games, according to Mike Al. So that's a, a pretty good career. Uh, th- that's a very,
0: very good career. That's, like, by any expectations or measurements he had an excellent career and was extremely competent at his chosen profession anyway back to making fun of him (laughs) but he
1: just had that real punchable face i think that was the that was the issue i mean james sicily has a bit of the zach dawson's about him much better footballer but just the
0: same punchable face don't you reckon Yeah, yeah, I agree. And that's why I think that him coming back into the Hawthorne team tonight really will lift their spirits. So, all right,
1: let's make a uh, prediction for the first final. Hawthorne v. Richmond. Who are you going to put your money on?
0: It's hard to write off Hawthorne, but um, I just think that Richmond are still probably the best team in the competition and they're not really missing anyone. You know, I mean... Ellis got dropped for this game and in any other team in the competition, like he would be in the team. So just based on that alone, you just got to say that Richmond probably win this one.
1: Um, My head's telling me Richmond, my heart's telling me Hawthorne. I've got a nagging feeling the Hawks are going to do something special tonight. Uh, maybe that's because I've got a Hawthorne supporter living in my apartment at the moment and he's all he fucking talks about is top four and Tom Mitchell's going to win the Brownlow. So maybe it's starting to work, the psychological... Torture. Um, fuck Hawthorne, I'm going to pick Richmond. <laughs> <laughs> I broke my programming. All right. Friday night, the Demons take on the Cats, the David
0: Wajinski-Geelong Cats. And <laughs> what I like to think of is the David Wajinski Cup. Uh, the Ds playing the Cats. Um, gee, this is a hard one to pick, I What's reckon. your interest Geelong- in this game? oh yeah I'm going to say this will be like watching this to me has a touch of like um, Avengers Infinity War about it right you're going to see like some of your original Marvel characters like some of your heroes that we all love you know the Hulk and Iron Man and Captain America that's your you know your Dangerfield and your Ablett and your Selwood Selwood. You know, yeah 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 Tom Tom Hawkins is the Hulk you know he's had a good season you know they got their big stars and then there's a whole bunch of those like sort of you know minor supporting avengers you know the you know the sidekicks you know that's what geelong is to me it's like you know old flyy man with the wings and old mate who you know crashed into the ground and pepper pots and stuff like that's the rest of geelong right yeah yeah and then you've got like um the the new guardians of the galaxy and the you know right and, you know, the new Spider-Man and, you know, yeah, sort of yeah, this yeah, next yeah. generation of characters that are going to, you know, Black Panther and that are going to kind of take over the franchise. So uh, so I you're think- saying that Melbourne are a phase two AFL side, Geelong a phase one. Yeah, I, that's what I really think it is. And I think that this game feels a little bit like, you know, like in Infinity War it's the last hurrah for some of those, you know, heroes that have been there forever. That we're not going to see so much yeah. of them. Some of them are going to get killed off, and some of them yeah. are, you know, towards the end of their careers. Versus the new generation of people, you're going to see like a whole bunch of movies about for the next, you know, ten years. That to me is Geelong and Melbourne.
1: Oh well, uh, we did use a Rocky analogy earlier uh, on this show, but we didn't record it because my memory card got filled up. So let me give you another Rocky analogy. <laughs>
0: Oh did did we miss that? Did we miss out yeah. on the rocky bit? Cuz I, yeah, I think I made rocky... a reference to Clark O'Lang. Clark O'Lang no you would did now understand. <laughs>
1: no, I didn't say anything cuz I thought it'd be too hard to explain. But uh this match. In fact, let's compare all these finals to rocky films. So what we talked about before my memory card ran out uh, uh, when previewing Richmond and Hawthorne is that it's like Rocky Three. That Richmond are like Rocky at the start of Rocky Three, where everything's going great for them. They're you know, on TV, they're on the Muppet Show, people love them, they love each other, everything, the, the bandwagon's rolling. But in a dingy gym somewhere, Hawthorne's working out, just ready to take the title. So that's the first funnel.
0: This funnel's yeah, more like, like. Clubber Lang. And then I said, Clark O'Lang or <laughs> yes. Clubber Langford. And then Charlie said, what about. Clarko Langford, and we realised we'd gone too far and it didn't work anymore. Anyway, I made a call back to that bit. I didn't realise it hadn't been in the
1: show. (laughs) Why did you have to bring up my fucking the joke up? Like, you could have left it (laughs) as being clever and funny with your contribution. You didn't have to bring me derailing the joke into it.
0: No, No, it wasn't that you derailed the joke. It was just a great example of the fact that sometimes people think that if you have two good choices, if you combine them together, it will make it better necessarily. But it doesn't. Sometimes you go too far. <laughs> All right. But this
1: game is like Rocky Five. In Rocky Five, Rocky can't box anymore because he's a little past it, and he trains Tommy Gunn. Tommy's the new up-and-coming superstar. But then Tommy gets too big for his britches, and they have to have a street fight. It's not a great Rocky film, but that's this game: is that can does Geelong like Rocky have enough in the tank to go out into the street and take on this young upstart, this arrogant young upstart who you started off humble, but then when they got a few wins, got really, really cocky. And then I think the actor like got AIDS, died of AIDS, or something like that. But you know, that's a separate
0: story. Yeah, probably. Probably a separate story. Probably. <laughs> I mean, sure. It wasn't I a mean, happy ending. Life's ended. real sometimes, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry,
1: but sometimes life's real. I think he was John Wayne's nephew. But again, beside the point, Geelong are like okay. Tommy Gunn. <laughs> no, sorry. Rocky is is Geelong and
0: Tommy Gunn is Melbourne. Anyway, we've really messed this up. My point is that I think this will be an entertaining game to watch. Um I don't really care who wins. I think it's a, it can be an interesting story if Geelong wins. I think it can be an, an interesting story if Melbourne wins. I'm not writing one result over the other. Um, may, maybe I think, uh, oh, gee, it's a hard one, actually. I think it's hard to know what Geelong's form is because they play two really, you know, kind of terrible teams at the end of the season. But they beat them both by 100 points, which means you're probably going okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Geelong I don't know why, um, but I think, I think the Geelong might, the Stars might oh, come out to play. Hmm. I don't know why. Like, I know
1: why, Will, <laughs> because you desperately, all you have wanted this whole season besides Bulldogs to win is to watch Melbourne fail. Like, I think even if Melbourne make the grand final, you secretly, rather than seeing a team victorious, you'll just want to see Melbourne lose in the biggest, on the biggest stage possible. That's what you want to see.
0: I don't know if that's true anymore. It might still be oh, really? true. I might still have some lingering um, sense of that. But I think that, no, I I, um, I think that that West Coast game turned me around a little bit on Melbourne. I was like, no, 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 this is cool. I like that it was building up to this and then they kind of stood up in the pivotal moment. And I like the idea that, you know, they could make a really decent run, you know, deep into the finals. I think they'd be an entertaining team. To watch in finals, whoever they were playing. So I have no ill will towards Melbourne, but I just also have that feeling a little bit that Geelong, you yeah, know, there's there's some real champions there at Geelong, and this is the big stage, and Geelong know how to play on the big stage.
1: Yeah, I think I feel like. Those two wins Geelong had over Melbourne this year were like by the skin of their teeth. Obviously, Max Gorn misses that goal in like round two or three or whatever it was. And then, um, what's his face? Zach Tui kicks a goal after the siren. So, Geelong got away with it. I feel like, I agree. I feel like Melbourne have had a transformation towards the latter half of the year. I think this is going to be Melbourne's coming out party or debutante party or whatever it is. Well, a party where you become, you
0: fulfill your destiny. Are there, is that a party or am I making things up <laughs> No, I, I think that you're kind of right. I don't really know specifically what you're talking about, but I get the gist. Right. Um, it probably won't help Geelong that um the best Ruckman in the entire competition, Max Gorn, is going up against the guy who's played three games. That certainly will not be in Geelong's favour. But you know how they sometimes say that it's, it's almost better, like when you're playing Fremantle, because you knew that Sandilands was going to win 90% of the Ruck battles, then the other midfielders could just read the ball off Sanderlands anyway. You didn't, it actually kind of took some of that out of the game. I think it's probably going to be one of those situations where third gamer that they're playing from Geelong, I think the guys in the middle of Geelong will just go, let's just concentrate on where Max Gorn's going to hit it, I reckon. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're picking the cats, I'm picking the demons. Next game, Battle of the Bridge. Traditional rivals, Sydney take on the Giants at the SCG. Ooh, this is a, this is an interesting game. I find it, is it just me or is this one hard to pick? Very
0: hard to pick. It's, um, is it the Battle of the Bridge when it's a final? You know, it must, surely it has something that's even bigger than the Battle of the Bridge when it's a final. Is this the first uh, Battle of the Bridge final or is, did they play in a final a couple of years ago? I don't know. I'm
1: not sure. Uh, okay. What about the Battle of the, um, hang on. So, what other Sydney cliches are there? The harbour, the uh, the hu- the hu-
0: harbour hurricane, the hoedown at the harbour, <laughs> <The> hoedown. <laughs> no, I was like to think like think of battle, it. clash. Um, well, I was thinking about a... the showdown, and then I was like, yeah, no, the hoedown, the hoedown at the harbour. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't
1: quite get there. Uh-uh. Um, uh, uh, the hokey pokey of the harbour. <laughs> the well, What else? What other? Uh, what about the unaffordable housing prices? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Clash. <laughs> the Battle of Basic Infrastructure Upgrades uh, is on. This, this, this Love is a big it. game, I reckon. Um, um, oh, so uh, Michael saying that they played in 2016. Okay, so... I mean, you've got to say, firstly, Sydney football, congratulations. Like, you know, no Adelaide teams in the finals, but Sydney's got two. You've got to say that mm-hmm. football is very healthy in Sydney at the moment. Um, Sydney Swans, yep. here's oh, what I'm going to say. A, it's at the, I, I,
1: I, I drove past uh, Heath Shaw yesterday, heater. Uh, he looked uh,
0: he looked good. He looked good in his car. <laughs> um, your next door neighbour, uh, Dylan Scheel, uh, might yeah. not be your neighbour anymore, though. I know it
1: might be your next-door neighbour. You'll have to take up the stalking uh, duties if he moves back to Melbourne. Especially if you—I mean, there are a lot of footballers in your areas. Chance are he may end up near you. You're close to Eddiehead.
0: Yeah, it's a very good point. So um, apparently, GWS massively over their salary cap, or I mean, are about to be massively over their salary cap because they have so many uh, back-ended contracts, and so they're about to hit this thing where they're going to have to offload a bunch of players. Um, mm. this is their last roll of the dice with this group of players is what I'm saying. I think they're going to lose shield. They might lose Scully as well. I think if they're going to have a real run at it, this is their time to have a run at it. And also Sydney don't play that well at the SCG anymore. Yeah, Like they've had a terrible run at the SCG. I think Sydney, you know, again, if I was going to go with what the, um, you know, I said about the previous game, they've got the stars, they've got the experience, but I think GWS, I don't know why, but I've got a feeling that GWS might win this one. Yeah, it's hard to know because I'm
1: balancing out Sydney's poor form at the SUG with the fact that Buddy's back and they've been playing, well, before he got injured, but Buddy came back into from, some form and they were looking good again. So um, I agree. You know what? I feel like GWS, if this is the last hurrah, and those players seem like quite close, they, you know they, they, they're all professionals and stuff. I'm going to pick GWS as well in this game.
0: And then the final game of the weekend, of course, is over in Western Australia at Optus Stadium, uh, where the West Coast Eagles take on the Collingwood Football Club. Now, first final,
1: playing in Perth, could their backs be further against the wall, Will?
0: Mate, their backs are against the rabbit-proof fence. They're (laughs) over in Western Australia. uh, This is a tough ask for the Collingwood Football Club, it is the first time for the entire season that the West Coast Eagles Mm -hmm. have had their entire forward line back in the same team. And they are basically, they have their record when all those gun forwards are playing together is just amazing. They are hard to beat over there. There's going to be 60,000 rabid West Coast Eagles fans and they Mm. are back and ready to go. Even without Gaff, even without Natanui, they still have a superstar team and they're on their home turf. And I want to, I think that I want to see Collingwood win. I think there's just something so romantic about Collingwood season that I'm a bit more invested in it, but um, it's hard to pick against West
1: coast over there. I would have thought. Well look every for everything you've just named, I just have to pick Collingwood. like if you had told me that like not only that but like you know five starting Collingwood players were out, Nathan Buckley's got food poisoning, he wouldn't be making the trip, and they've lost their uniforms. I'd be like, I'm putting a thousand bucks on Collingwood to win. The more you stack the odds against Collingwood, the more likely they are to win. So I'm picking the pies in this game, and that's my
0: lock of the finals, and Charlie. Uh, by you repeating my own arguments back to me, you've talked me around and I am exercising my right to flip-flop on my prediction. <laughs> and I'm also picking Collywood because of the backspill wall factor, factor. And that is also my luck of the finals. <laughs> uh and, and listener
1: uh, Andrew Griffiths sent us a link. He actually um, emailed into the West Coast. West Coast Eagles have their own podcast, a couple of guys, and they get players on. And there's an episode where they had JJK on. And so Andrew wrote in and said and got them to ask a question of JJK Have you heard of the Two Guys One Cup podcast? They're big fans of yours. They did an entire episode devoted to your business interests. <laughs> JJK hasn't heard the show, but said uh, he was thinking of listening. So, thanks, Andrew, for uh, putting us on JJK's map. He was a bit, I've got to say, he was a bit put off by the title of the show.
0: (laughs) Understandably, right? Yeah, look, we're not great at marketing. There's no doubt about that.
1: (laughs) Or facts, or recording. Um, All right, let's let's do a few letters, a few whispers from the West before we get out of here so everyone can get excited about funnels. Um, Oh, we have a bit of a Nat5 NatLife update. Uh, I saw that you retweeted this, but for anyone who wasn't there, this was posted um, by Native ARC Incorporated, and it says... One of our volunteers, oh, this is on the Facebook page, one of our volunteers had clocked off on her shift uh, last fortnight when she came across a distressed pair of shell ducks and their ducklings trying to cross a busy road. As she was trying to get the family to safety, she was surprised when Nat Fife pulled over and helped her get the family off the busy road to some nearby bush. Native ARC arrived moments later to capture the family and release them to a nearby lake. We'd like to thank Nat Fife for stopping and helping the duck and ducklings. Hashtag Nat Fife, hashtag ducklings, hashtag wildlife rescue.
0: And when they say stopped, they mean actually bungeed down from his helicopter. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Shirtless, track pants, brown low, and a beanie. <laughs>
1: I mean if you if you if you if you add this one to that other story that another listener wrote in a few weeks ago about the Frio players stopping to help out at a bushfire, I mean, maybe that's a reason Frio
0: aren't doing so well. It's like more time at training, less time doing acts of public kindness. Or maybe it's the opposite, Charlie. Maybe it's like a sort of, they feel like they've had a tough season, so they feel like they've at least got to be doing some work in the community. <laughs> uh
1: that uh, that whisper was from danny armstrong another whisper from the west was from michael hey guys i have a whisper from the west i was at the mighty Fremantle phantoms my master's club sportsman's night featuring an ex-eagle carl langdon not clubber langdon and ex-docker paul hazelby anyway i asked him the crucial question that's on everyone's lips socks carl said he's always washed his own socks Paul Hazelby response was more interesting. He said the first half of his career, they washed their own. And then in the second half, the club took over the duties. He also said that there was no labeling system. So you never knew who had worn the socks prior. Having not ever thought about socks before, I think he was quite disturbed about this policy. (laughs) Great job with the podcast. And we love
0: recapping Fife Life at training on Wednesdays. Um, Charlie, I um, yeah. did an in conversation with Bob Murphy as part of Melbourne Writers Week, and uh, on Saturday, and you know we talked about you know his life as a footballer, and it went quite deep, and he was actually a brilliant person to have a conversation with. But it's a writers festival event, so you try to keep it you know reasonably intellectual. But at the end of it, you know it was quite it was a big full room and lots of people there, and so for the final question, I was like you know what, I'm going to ask. We've previously asked him over the internet, but I'm going to ask him live in person and it'll also be a bit of an indicator of how many uh, Two Guys One Cup fans are in the room. Turns out, not many. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You gambled big and you came up donuts. Honestly, the hour had been just this brilliant kind of like back and forward, intellectual, interesting, you know, conversation. And then right at the end, I was like, you know what, I'm going to roll the dice on this. And (laughs) I got snake eyes. (laughs) I
1: love it. Just slam on the brakes. Let's see. bring it all to a grinding halt. What was his response? That's a weird way to end.
0: Ah, (laughs) Why is he asking about his socks?
1: And what was his response? I uh, did not wash his own socks. No. Okay. All right. I love this, uh, uh, Michael from Michael's, uh, detailing of Paul Hazelby. I love the idea that as Paul was giving him the response and saying that he didn't know where the socks came from, that it dawned on him that he'd been wearing other people's socks. Like it's one of these things that in his 15 year career or whatever, he'd never thought about. But then this weirdo asks him a question. All of a sudden he's like, Oh my God, uh-huh. I was wearing Josh Carr's socks this whole time. <laughs> Uh, Shane uh, Shane emails in Hey fellas I've got an idea For naming followers Of your unique Madcap podcast How about the Sockers Both refers to The Sockgate fetish And hints at us Being suckers For the show For punishment You decide <laughs> Love your mildly AFL based musings
0: Yeah I mean the Sockers Yeah I mean Rhymes a little with The Dockers though Which would be on brand At the very least for us Because we do mostly Talk about Fremantle These days <laughs> I still like Cupwits. I'm still a fan of Cupwits.
1: I mean, I'm, I'm open to getting a better submission, but Cupwits is, is, is still pretty good. Uh, okay. This is from uh, James Brennan, who sent a cryptic message that was just hashtag FifeLife and then followed up a few days later with Hey guys, in response to the cuppa that wrote in last week about the socks at Brisbane Raw being washed by homeless people, <laughs> I can confirm that this practice does not spill over at the Lions. All players have to wash their own socks. The club provide the shorts and the, and the Guernsey only. Here's what a typical play, a bag of gear looks like for a Lions player. So, and I'm assuming he's got an insider who's sending this information because he sent me a screen grab of a text message. And it so lists what's in the bag, which is great because when, this, when Sockgate started, this is how it all began. We talked about seeing the players arrive for a game and they carry their kit bag. And we said, what's in the bag? Like Brad Pitt at the end of 7... What's in the bag? That was a box, but bag. You get what I'm talking about, Will, anyway. <laughs> what's in this bag for a Brisbane player is <laughs> that is, Okay,
0: that's how, we should, that's how Clarko should do it. Yeah. He should have uh, this massive bag. There should be sp- spotted Clarko coming into the MCG, and he's got this massive bag, and everyone's like, what's in Clarko's bag? Why is Clarko's bag so big? And he opens it up, and it's Cyril Rioli. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, James says, this is in the, the bag of a Lions player. A towel, two pairs of boots, a mouth guard, socks, change of clothes, a foam roller, and a trigger ball. A trigger ball, they're those little things you put, put under your joints, is that what that is? I assume so. You have to bring your own socks. They supply the jersey and the shorts. Okay, that makes sense.
0: Yep, okay, I'm happy. I, I'm surprised about the foam roller. I would have imagined the foam roller might be the sort of thing that the club supply. Yeah, that's bulky too. Like to bring your yeah. own?
1: That seems silly. I don't know about that. That's the that's the next gate, foam roller gate.
0: Yeah, I would have my own foam roller at home, but I wouldn't want to travel with my foam roller everywhere. Uh,
1: finally, Harrison uh, gets in contact saying, Hi, Will and Charlie. I'm friends with someone who's family friends with St Kilda player Hunter Clark. who's uh, He was a, a first year player this year. I was nagging my friend for weeks to ask Hunter what he does with his socks after the game, and she got back to me yesterday and confirmed that Hunter washes his own socks. Love the podcast. Go Saints. Okay, so I think if we do a bit of cross-referencing of the information we've got from this episode, is it sounds like if you're a rookie or a new player, you're washing your own socks, but then at some point you get to a level where you can throw... I guess once you're in the team, because that would make sense, right? Like if you're in and out of the VFL, you haven't cemented your placing the seniors you're washing your own socks but once you're a regular senior you peel off your socks into the
0: game and you throw them into a big pile must feel so good when you know you know when you're that (laughs) confident that you're part of the team that you're just like today i'm not taking my socks home i'm (laughs) throwing them in that pile because today (laughs) i become a man (laughs) (laughs) all right i hope everyone enjoys the first week of finals
1: this torture is almost over for us. Um, if you want to support the show, you can go to, to uh, patreon.com forward slash Tofop or you can go to our website, tofop.com, where you can find not only this podcast but many other wonderful podcasts. If you want to get in touch with us, you can go to our Facebook page and send us a message if you have any sock information or other feedback on the show,
0: if you've got a name for what we should call our listeners of this show. Will, do you have anything to promote? Uh, My Will Eagle tour, Pakenham, Bendigo, Noosa, Townsville and the Sydney Opera House all with Justin Hamilton, Uh, comedy.com.au for details of that and we will be doing a live show after the grand final, the day after the grand final at the European Beer Cafe. It's not on sale yet but with the guys from the uh, Junk Time AFL podcast Uh, so uh, that's going to be absolutely amazing. It always sells out so when that goes on sale, clear out your afternoon day after the grand final and come along and see us do a podcast. Uh,
1: we should just take a moment just to wish Rosie all the best. Uh, Adam Rosenbarks from Junk Time has been in hospital for the last week or so. Uh, went in with the back with the back pain, found out he had an abscess in his spine. <laughs> uh, yeah. But apparently he's well. Uh, he'll be there for the show. Um, he's coming out of hospital so we can all make fun of him for being a garden supporter live on
0: stage. Yeah, I spoke to him yesterday um, at, when he got out of hospital and he, he seemed like he was uh, starting to feel a little bit better. So best wishes to him. All right. Play on, not 15. Ball. We are Two Guys, One Cup.